Welcome to the CSUSB Advising Podcast. Join us as we bring you the latest advising updates at Cal State San Bernardino. Each episode is specifically made for you, the CSUSB students and parents. We provide you with advising tips, interviews with both CSUSB campus resources and those in academic advising. Go Yotis! Welcome to the CSUD Advising Podcast. My name is Matt Market. I'm here with Star Wild. Star, what is up? What is up, Matt? It's been busy. We are into our advising sessions with students. So shout out to all the students we've been meeting with. It's been quite busy here. What's been up with you, Matt? Same thing. It's just busy, busy, busy appointments. Yeah. Loving seeing the students and helping them out as much as possible. Hopefully, Yodis, you're enjoying this fall semester. Maybe you have a mixture of some in-person and virtual classes, or maybe it's all online or all in-person. But uh, we are hoping you're loving your instructors, the classes, learning a lot. And it's almost the end of October. Registration for spring is right around the corner. Also, something called winter intercession. And should you see your advisor? Why should you see your advisor? What kind of resources are out there? What questions should you ask your advisor? How do you prepare for that? How do you find out who your advisor is? Well, we got someone that can answer a lot of those questions and it's a return guest, someone that we know very well. And that is John Noriega, academic advisor in advising and academic services. John, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so for having me today. Awesome and welcome. Now, I know that Matt had, uh, uh, you know, covered that we were going to ask you about winter intercession, which is a intercession that comes after this term. So after fall 2021. So we hope you're doing well in your classes and hope you're finishing strong. So, John, can you tell us a little bit more about that uh, winter intercession and spring registration? I know we've been seeing students. We've all been seeing students. Uh, we're preparing this uh, them for registration. What can you tell students about what's coming up for them? Yeah, great question. Well, I'll go ahead and begin with winter intercession and then dive into spring semester registration. So winter intercession does go in between the fall and the spring semesters. Um, it's a four-week fast-paced uh, session that ranges between three weeks of instruction and then there is one week of final examinations. Um, students can register for up to a maximum of four units for the winter intercession. So that's usually like about one course for that, um, for that term. And the winter intercession does range between December 17th till January 18th. Um, registration for winter will begin pretty soon. It's going to actually start on Monday, November 8th for all students. So um, if students are interested, it is going to be available through My Coyote. You register just like you normally would um, through your student center. And just to also keep in mind that winter intercession is completely optional, but it has its benefits because if you do register, uh, you get to, um, like I mentioned earlier, you get to assist in the shorter session, uh, you get to graduate sooner, and you get to get ahead on your academics. So lots of benefits there. Um, I know most folks have always had questions about finances with that. So for the cost per unit for winter intercession, for undergraduate students, it is $320 per unit. And please keep in mind that financial aid is not available for winter, but you also want to kind of check out and see um, what other support is out there. Um, you can always inquire with the folks uh, with the winter intercession office. Um, 
Uh, as of today, the winter intercession class schedule is available on the My Coyote homepage. If you go to csusb.edu forward slash class hyphen schedule, you'll be able to select winter intercession 2022, and you'll be able to search up the classes that are available for winter, or you can go through uh, your My Coyote Student Center and see the classes from there. Um, and once again, there's all this information is available on the website, but you can also uh, find out a little bit more um, by visiting www.csusb.edu forward slash winter intercession. Yeah, so just like you're saying, it's it's optional. You don't have to do it, but it could be a great way to get caught up on a class, get ahead on a class. Uh, so it definitely has its benefits. And if you just want to knock the class out in three weeks and not a whole semester, that could also be something to look into. Now, aside from winter, Star was also mentioning spring semester. And that is coming up throughout the month of November with registration. I know one of the questions we get asked is, well, how many units can I take? And so we know for undergrads, you can take up to 18 units max without permission. But what can you tell us about spring registration? Yeah, uh, you know, spring is, is coming, spring registration is coming up pretty quickly. Uh, in, in, as you can already see, the months are just going by fast already. So uh, we're, we're a few weeks away from registration. Like you mentioned that, uh, registration will begin starting November 1st uh, for registration appointments. Um, and just to reiterate, you can register up to a maximum of 18 units, uh, at least for undergraduate students, uh, of course. Um, registration appointments will go into um, different categories depending on your academic level, as it always has been. Um, seniors and grads will register around November 2nd to the 4th. Juniors will register around the week of the 5th. Sophomores around the 10th. And then freshmen around the week of the 16th. Um, and then after that, once all registration appointments have passed, uh, open enrollment will begin and all other students can register um, by that point in time. Um, keep in mind that spring semester will begin January 24th, so we do have a pretty nice break in between. Um, so uh, just get ready, uh, but spring registration will begin next month. Uh, you definitely want to check for any holds, any registration holds that you might have pending from your advisors, um, especially if you haven't completed the end sexual violence training that was due on October 9th. Be sure to check your My Coyote Student Center to see if you've already completed that training. Um, and just any other holds in general. Uh, that way you won't be surprised with any um, enrollment holds that can impact your registration. Well, and just to clarify, you're talking about uh, having a longer, like a little break between fall and spring. Just to clarify, the students will have a nice little break yes. between fall and spring. <laughs> That's right. We will still be working. We'll be here, y'all. Yes, thank you for clarifying that, yes. Uh, we will definitely still be working. Uh, the students will have a really nice break in between. <laughs> Absolutely. So please rest for us, have the break for us, uh, take time for yourself. Self-care is very important, um, especially if you decide to take a break and not um, do winter intercession. So Johnny had mentioned, of course, the uh, different um, registration dates is very important. We want to remind you, please make sure you check your My Coyote, check the enrollment day and time for your specific enrollment day and time. And as of right now, I know we're talking about we're, we're busy, we're seeing our students specifically within our office, 
uh, advising in academic services, we are seeing all first-time freshman students. So we've been busy with our first-time freshman students. I know Matt and John, you oversee our two-year, four-year pledge program. So you're seeing those students. I'm seeing, we're all seeing our undeclared students and more. So for all students, why, John, should they see their advisor, especially during this time? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, advising is crucial just in general to anyone's educational experience. Um, the best way I can say it is that it's a way for, for you as a student to develop a meaningful relationship with your academic advisor and discuss your unique academic and personal goals. Um, and, you know, ultimately you'll get to discuss your academic requirements, you'll get assistance with the class selections, the scheduling of your classes, um, but most importantly, you'll get connected with resources on campus that you might not have been aware of. Um, so there is definitely a lot of emphasis when it comes to advising um, that I think any student can benefit from. And just even having that meaningful connection with their advisor will just shed so much light on a lot of help and resources that um, students can benefit from. Uh, it's not just a simple matter of understanding what classes to take. It's not a simple matter of what courses to uh, register for. There's a whole lot more to advising than what it appears. Um, and as we've mentioned before too, we, we always tell students that it, it's optional, but we highly encourage it. Um, you're never going to be forced or obligated to speak with an advisor, but we do encourage you to still make an appointment, make some time on, um, you know, 30 minute appointments. You know, that, that's, that's ideally uh, 30 minutes that can make a huge difference to your academics. So, take advantage and, and seek out um, any support from your academic advisor. Absolutely. Great advice. And then if let's say their college advisor or advising unit offers any type of like drop in advising, we can ask quick questions. That could be another way in case, you know, the, the appointments get filled up, but always try to get that appointment scheduled as soon as possible. Um, and I guess going along with that, um, when students are meeting with the, their advisors, they've, might keep hearing this like take 15 units 15 to finish um graduate in four years can you discuss more like what 15 to finish means like what that phrase is and is that something that's meant for for every student you know because some students are like you know i work or i have you know two jobs or i have a lot of personal responsibilities can you talk more about that i guess yeah good question matt and and We'll often hear that a lot when, um, you know, especially in our advising sessions, I usually like to ask students what their objectives and their goals are in terms of their timeline towards graduation. And we, we've always asked this at orientation and it's usually a vast majority when we ask them, how many of you want to graduate in four years? And we see hands raised up everywhere, right? So that's uh, ideally where this phrase 15 to finish came in. Students, if they do the math, 15 units per semester at the end of the academic year they'll have 30 units by the end of that year in order to graduate with a bachelor's degree you need 120 units therefore four years times 30 will get you that 120 units minimum right so 15 units is what is recommended it's what it's encouraged but of course Matt like you mentioned every student's case is different there's folks that have um, you know family obligations commitments uh, they have work uh, on the side, they have co-curricular activities, sports. So we want to be mindful of that. And that's why it's also meaningful to me with an advisor, because 
Um, when you are actually meeting with a, an advisor, you definitely want to be transparent and explain some of those things that you have outside of school because the advisor will encourage 15 units, but if there is a lot still going on in your plate, then you know you might want to give consideration to that amount of units and still find out ways of how you could stay on track with a timely um, graduation timeframe. So uh, that is essentially what 15 units um, or 15 to finish means. Um, but we, we always strongly encourage you to still inquire with your advisor to see if that is ideal and how you can still make it work to graduate in a timely manner. That's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that. And just to clarify, there are options. So please make sure you let your advisor know. Again, the minimum amount of units for students to take to be at full-time status is 12 units. So uh, again, there's summer, there's winter into session, and there's options. So thank you so much, John, for sharing that with us. So John, what are resources that are available to help our students with advising? I know we share this with students all day, every day, but can you tell our students and listeners what they have available to them that can help guide them in their academics? Yeah, definitely. There, there's a lot of resources out there. And just to even start off, um, we have a whole advising page designated for all of our undergraduate students. Um, You'll, you'll find a lot of support and a lot of uh, resources available on that page. It is at csusb.edu forward slash advising. That's probably the best place to start for any um, academic support or any resources when it comes to advising. Um, when you do access the page, you'll actually see a tab on the uh, bar that says students. And if you hover your mouse um, over that tab, you're going to find a section that says advising tools. Um, and these are the tools that we actually use as advisors with our students um, to basically uh, go ahead and, and you know, select your courses um, and help you with the uh, course scheduling uh, for the upcoming semesters. So there's resources such as the pause report, that is the degree audit that, uh, that we use. In other words, it's like your graduation checklist, right? Uh, we have a whole tutorial on how to you know, read and interpret the pause report. Um, we have a section on roadmaps. Uh, you might not be familiar with, you know, the, the classes that you need for your major and, and in what order to take them in. And there's, uh, there's different sets of templates that the departments have created that will show you what they recommend to take um, per semester. And these are four-year roadmaps. So in case if you are a student interested in graduating in four years, these are the roadmaps that you would definitely want to refer to. Um, for, for any support on that. Um, and then you'll also find Schedule Planner on there, which is there to assist you with um, compiling the list of courses that you want to take for the upcoming semester. And what it does, it's a pretty neat tool. It will technically check for prerequisites and it will check for any time conflicts too. Um, so Schedule Planner is definitely a useful tool for that. Um, we, we strongly encourage you to use uh, these resources, these advising tools. Um, and of course, I, I uh, have to also mention that on that page, there is a tab that says, who's my advisor? So in case if you are still um, unsure who your advisor is, hover your mouse over that tab, click on it, and it will show you um, basically how advising works here at the university, and it will connect you with who your advisor is. Yeah, that's great advice. And and yeah, easy way, right? We have everything right there for yeah. you, the students to kind of see where, you know, who your advisor is, get all that good information. Now, um, we had financial aid on on our last podcast. And, you know, even though we're talking about spring registration, something else I really kind of think about is 
already next academic year, next year in fall in financial aid. Uh, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about why a student should be thinking about next fall already uh, regarding financial aid? Yeah, Matt, uh, thank you for bringing that up. So every year, students do want to keep in mind that their FAFSA application is only for that current academic year. So um, as of as of uh, October 1st, the new FAFSA form for 2022-2023 has officially began. Um, and we want to remind students that if you are a student who is receiving financial aid, um, and you want to continue on receiving financial aid, we encourage you to go ahead and visit the FAFSA website to submit your 2022-2023 application. Um, of course, uh, you definitely want to make sure that you uh, gather any material or information that you need to update your tax information, to update any um, uh, personal information or basic information on there. But definitely uh, do not forget that deadline as it's uh, an important deadline. Um, uh, and as of October 1st, that's when the uh, application began. So please check that out as soon as possible. Well, and great advice as well with that, because, you know, we want to be thinking about the future as well. And if you can get the application in for financial aid and get that submitted, just, you know, get that off, you know, get that off your checklist, you know, and get get it done and submitted so financial aid can process. I mean, I guess one extra thing or a couple extra things is, um, you know, a lot of students have questions about COVID and, you know, making sure that everything is as safe as possible and the university is doing its best job to ensure that the safety of the students is first and foremost. Um, so if they do have questions or, you know, they can get a lot of information from the CSUSB website on the and return from the PAC link. So a lot of great information there for students. Um, another thing we, for going back to the registration portion, let's say for spring, you know, you mentioned the different um, times that students can register. You know, you have like November 2nd is when, you know, the seniors can start to register. And it's all really divided up within like three-day um, increments for the different class levels. But then November 1st is really the first day that the kind of, you know, priority groups or whatever the term is now that that's used for those students. And so those would be uh, student athletes, uh, veterans, foster youth, uh, students with disabilities, as well as note takers. Uh, so usually those that's those are the five groups that will get that first like mandatory um, priority group registration. But another thing that I think uh, to ask you, John, is you have students that might be intimidated by their professors. You know, maybe they don't want to ask questions. We had Dr. Deborah Parsons on a couple episodes ago, uh, episodes ago to talk about that, but maybe just to reiterate, like, what's your advice if you have a student that comes to your office and, you know, they're say they're struggling in the class, but, you know, mm -hmm. can they go to tutoring and, or should they talk with their instructor? How should they prepare to, to meet with their, their instructor during office hours or try to get some of their, their questions answered? Yeah, that that's a that's a good question, and I I don't think there's any right or wrong way to approach uh, you know the, the professors in any way that it, it's common that uh, any student will feel a bit intimidated just to even approach um, anyone on campus. Um, I I had a couple of conversations with students uh, that shared the same uh, feelings about you know coming in even for advising and and just feeling intimidated prior to you know, our sessions and they left off feeling very different than, than the way they, they walked in. And I always connect that back with the faculty because, you know, they're ultimately there to see 
you know, students succeed and, and see students um, pass their, their classes. So um, the best advice that I can give a student is if you find yourself struggling and you find yourself having any difficulties with like your exams, your assignments, um, who better to, you know, tutor or to advise you on that content than the professor themselves, getting that knowledge directly from the fountain of source who is passing that information to you. Um, of course, you want to be mindful that your professors are teaching probably four, five, six sections on campus. Sometimes getting uh, a response back from them could take could take a while. And um, we definitely want to be mindful that they are there to not only assist you, but, you know, hundreds of other students. So um, it's all a matter of timing, reaching out to them sooner rather than later. Um, if you find yourself concerned about a certain grade on a midterm, kindly ask your professor, hey, can we go over this midterm together and see where the areas of weaknesses were? What can I do to improve for my upcoming midterm? Um, what advice do you give so I can be best prepared for my upcoming exam? Um, it, 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 it really, a conversation like that and those questions that, that I just shared with could definitely lead to a, a very helpful discussion and can go a very long way um, to to help a student succeed in the course. Um, and like I said, it, it, it really has to be initiated by the student. The professors will not approach the student. They will be there continuing on uh, teaching the course, but it's up to the student to take that leap of faith to go ahead and approach the instructor and say, hey, I need some help. What can you do? What do you recommend? And what can I do to, to pass this class? Um, you shared a little bit about tutoring too, Matt. I mean, if the student feels like they can get some assistance outside of the classroom and they want to see tutoring, that is what our tutoring center is here for as well. They tutor on all different sorts of subjects um, and even supplemental instruction. I, I can't even emphasize that a lot. Supplemental instruction is there too to um, help students with the most challenging courses that, that we have here on campus. And there's a plenty of support there in, in that program as well. Um, but that is perhaps my best advice. I mean, if they can start off with the professor first, I mean, starting off with an email can go a long way, um, even catching the professor either before or after the class, um, even the office hours. Uh, I mean, if students can just refer to the syllabus and check for those days and times, um, definitely stop by the office uh, or during their Zoom hours and see if they, the professor is available to answer those concerns. Um, in case of those office hours do conflict, I still encourage the student to reach out via email and see if there's any hours outside of those office hours that the instructor is willing to talk to them or to, to provide any support. Um, that's, that's perhaps the best advice that I could give in regards to that. Thank you so much, John. Uh, for sharing that information, helpful information that I, we truly appreciate. So we hope that um, our listeners are able to take this information and utilize, become aware of what they don't know, right? And also learn more about uh, why we're advising, what it is the resources that you have available um, to, and also reach out to your professors or reach out for help. So thank you again for the information. Um, and if there is nothing else that we're going to discuss, I'm going to put a plug in for our social media outlets. Please make sure you follow us on our social media platforms. Um, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we also have a TikTok. And again, we thank you so much for your time and listening to everything that we had to share with you.
And before we go, a question for Star and John. So you both have listeners are going to be able to see or listen to the audio, but not see the visual. But Star, you have a sign in the back that says, but first coffee. And John, you have one that says, I can and I will. So can you both talk about why you have those signs, like why those are important to you? I guess I'll go first because I'm still unmuted. Um, Maddie, I'm assuming that I got this from you. And um, as a mom and everything, you know, I need coffee in order to <laughs> keep me filled up and start my day. So I, my kids know um, before they ask anything or say, mom, I need to sip my coffee slowly and then I'd be awake to answer any questions. <laughs> and shout out to Matt. I think this was from so, Matt. So that means when students meet with you, the reason you're happy is like you've had your coffee. I've had my coffee. If I didn't have my coffee, it's okay. There's Starbucks down the way. <laughs> I guess I'll I'll go next. Uh, yeah, I you know uh, my sign is probably not as interesting as the <laughs> the coffee uh, story star, but um, since mine does say I can and I will, I I often I think I've had a couple of students that actually asked about that, and they're just like that that means a lot. Like just because you know I can, it just shows that the they have that that willingness to do something, and um and honestly the the only one that limits themselves is just the individual. Like if you honestly have a goal that you want to you know achieve, you aspire to get something or to accomplish something. You definitely can and you will, but you just got to have that determination and that willingness to do it, push yourself to do it. Um, so that's that's something that I, I ultimately wanted to have as like a message here in the office, because whenever I do have students that will just say, I can't, I'm like, I kind of turn back and I'm like, hey, look, there's that sign right there. You can and you will, you know. Um, so it's a good reminder of just helping students understand that they can accomplish whatever they, they put the, the, their goals or whatever they want to do into their hearts. I feel like if a student goes into John's office and like, I can't, John will just like turn and point to the side. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it already. <laughs> well, thank you both for sharing, but that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for listening to the CSUSB Advising Podcast. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.